gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Prince. Here's Gourlami. kicked over here what do you think would have happened if grod would have successfully killed uh killed obama you know i think he does in that episode of the flash he does i was like no way (laughs) they actually let it go through i don't know if it's the flash or legends of tomorrow or whatever but yeah uh my name is ian this is paul damien and this is kenny uh this week we're talking about collateral from 2004 directed by michael mann Michael the man. I didn't realize um, how old this movie was. Yes. Yeah, I remember when this movie came out. Honestly, I remember seeing the the Mm -hmm. silver-haired Tom Cruise on on, uh, the TV commercials. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I didn't know fucking anything about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, me me either. And I even said it when you first suggested it that I thought Jamie Foxx was the fucking... Hitman in this movie oh, and Tom yeah. Cruise was the cab driver. So I like had even had the dynamic mixed up when I first was even introduced to it. <laughs> and strangely enough, on top of that, there's like a fucking 10 year old. Um, what's his name? God damn. Mark Ruffalo. There's 10 year old oh. Mark <laughs> Ruffalo in this movie. Looking which like is amazing. Hispanic yeah. Bill Paxton. To yeah. me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, I don't know who this guy is, but he looks really familiar. And then he fucking spoke. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. We even get fucking five seconds of Jacob Stakeums at yep. the beginning of this oh, movie. Oh, I love Mr. Stakeum. I couldn't believe it. That yeah. was his entire cameo in this film. It kind of blew me away. I was like, oh, cool. Jason Statham's also in this movie. And then he just never shows up again. This is so part is... of the Transporter series. <laughs> <laughs> and so is uh, Javier Bardem, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. He just shows up and says, just, mm, okay. <laughs> and then that's like all he does. <laughs> I liked Harvey Bardem's yes. showing up as Felix. I really that was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes of this entire movie. Uh, was getting to see like Jamie Fox have to like you know flip the script. But yeah, for what it was, I was kind of blown away by. Uh, Wait a second, sorry. What? Oh, you're watching the the yeah. It showed the him. In, it yeah. showed him in Eternal. Sunshine. Holy shit, that's him in Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, mind blown. <laughs> like, completely. Really? Yes, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Hulk's been it's everywhere, been man. It's been so long since I've seen that fucking movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> we should do it for the podcast. I've never seen it. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, regretting saying it. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking about Collateral. Uh, a lot of actors in this one, like you guys are saying... Mark Ruffalo. Oh, Jamie, or Jamie, Jada Pinkett Smith is also in this movie. So, no slap jokes. We can't, oh, or if you have no. any, I guess get them out. Get them out. Um, what's it called? No, but I, I'm actually, I would actually love to do that movie on the podcast. Um, that's one of my very favorite. Um, um, Which one? G.I. Jane 2? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Eternal Sunshine is the spot of mine. No, I don't a, think Jada Pinkett Smith is in that. That's one of my <laughs> favorite. Um, <laughs> God, y'all keep making me forget his name. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey roles. <laughs> like, one of my favorite roles he's ever played. This is Jim Carrey honking his nose. Because he's a fucking clown. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, Jason Lee. He's the clown. 
No, it's Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, he's the clown. He's the clown prince of shooting people right square in the head. Bunch of bozos Mm -hmm. if I've ever seen I mean, so is Tom Cruise, apparently. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about this movie. (laughs) I remember when this movie was coming out, um, and I remember thinking, so he plays a a villain, Mm -hmm. which is unlike him. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise. And I think that it works really well for him. I, I think it's so good. I think he's in what makes this movie great in a way, but also I don't want to say is a detriment to it, but it throws me off so much. It was the one thing that kept pulling me out of it is that he he's a five foot man. He's uh-huh. a short little guy. So a lot of the times when he's like fighting with these bigger guys or even just standing next to Jamie Foxx, who's obviously so intimidated by him. I'm like, this guy's so much smaller than you. Like, I, I guess he's a hitman. And he's intense. But it just like that was the one thing that kind of pulled me out of it a little bit is just his stature throughout the movie See, but he's I not notice, that short i didn't he's, notice the stature almost ever actually really? in the movie he's, i don't know why it I he's wearing five platforms foot six. yeah <laughs> for sure no, he's wearing like a four inch heel yeah. whenever you see him running around he's five foot six <laughs> is he really he's yeah, only five he's, foot six? he's like five foot six okay i thought for sure he was five foot uh zero but um <laughs> <laughs> but no i i didn't actually see the 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 height difference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all camera tricks, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. It has to be. Um, but beyond that, him playing mm-hmm. this like exactly like very gray area kind of sociopath, I think fucking worked for him amazingly. Yeah. You know, the way that he could bounce between the two personalities of being someone who kind of is on Jamie Foxx's side, but then is also be- willing to be like, I'll fucking murder your mother if you don't go yeah. my way, you know, is just the pacing is incredible with it. You know, it never feels out of place. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, he, I think he, he really works in this movie. And when you had messaged the group chat saying, I thought the roles were reversed. I was like, dude, no, (laughs) I would not want the roles to be reversed. I do not want cool ass Jamie Foxx Mm -hmm. being all hip and and cool being a, a a hitman while, while Tom Cruise plays extra straight guy being a cab driver. That's just being taken along for the ride. I prefer Tom Cruise to be unhinged sociopath. I think he works better when he's not the straight guy. Where do yeah. we get Jamie Foxx like that? Uh, Where he's drive, like, baby driver, baby driver, mm-hmm. yes, baby yeah. driver. Yes. That's yeah. Could that would have been this movie would be baby driver if it we would got be a the flip to, yeah. baby <laughs> It would literally be baby driver. <laughs> That's so funny. So we did get that eventually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, no, I my favorite character was Max Jamie Foxx's character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie did not look like a movie from 2004. It other than the score. Yes. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, I said look. Right. No, yeah. You know, good. But like, yeah, I'm talking about the whole aura. Right, but know? the the camera angles, the movie was shot so fucking well and like it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it it looks crystal clear. I don't know how to describe it. Well, there's also a you perfect know? grit over a lot of scenes too mm-hmm. that makes it feel reminiscent in a way Mm -hmm. also um michael mann i think is a great director i don't know who's the cinematographer working Mm -hmm. with him on this but i think i I, i've got to believe michael mann is the one that's obsessed with like cityscapes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and and close-up shots i mean so many shots of just like basically the eyes and you know just Mm -hmm. so you know intimate close-up shots of the face that really give you the emotions going on with the characters throughout the film which is really you know something unique that i really caught on throughout this yeah, I think Michael Mann is like Michael Bay 
but Michael Bay just does cocaine and loves explosions. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, like this is Michael Bay just <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck. <laughs> Michael Mann used to do meth and is just reminiscent yeah. of like when he was like a hard drug user. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I was flying <laughs> through the city skyline. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh this movie, um, I picked it. <laughs> Uh, this is one of my picks. I did not know it was going to be on Netflix mm-hmm. at the start of this month. We're recording this on the 4th <laughs> of September. Not to date. I'm literally dating this. 2020 and two. Yes. 20 and <laughs> two. two. It's actually. Um, 2020 this and is, two. This is actually the year 3032. What? Um, yeah. What? I hate to break it to you. We're from the future. We're mm-hmm. from the future. Yeah. And we're sending these episodes back in time. Have you watched those guys' TikToks where they apparently live in like 2024 or something? No. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, like these would dudes, they pretend to be like... It would, they're not pretending. They uh, have oh. hard evidence to prove that somehow they're trapped in the year 2024 and what's, it's the apocalypse the evidence? and there's no other people. Uh, cityscapes empty that normally <laughs> would be busy. Uh, newspapers that have the year 2023. Uh, they oh, ask man. Google what day it is and she answers with the year 2024 when she so says So there's it. still power and like... To their phone, apparently, oh, okay. somehow. And oh, I mean, they're yeah. able to send the TikToks. <laughs> Back in time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what we're doing with this episode. That's exactly. Crazy. Yeah, so. we're, we're we're related to those. Guys. We're their yeah. descendants. <laughs> so are they like? I wonder. Are they like keeping the whole city running? <laughs> that way they can, that way they can have their TikTok powers. Yeah, they they can have electricity and water and everything. It's yeah. pretty incredible. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Because like, you survive, bro. I guess I mean it would last at least I guess a couple weeks maybe until everything well, like starts the shutting down. Nuclear power. Yeah, like everything just running, everything would last for a little while before it starts shutting down, right? You think if, so? I think like if everybody disappears, I think it would be instantly. Like boom, ain't got no internet. Yeah, I think so. Because homeboy's not typing behind the computer. Ooh, internet. So what about yes. you know what, I mean? what about satellites in space though? No I mean, radio towers. Radio towers. They'll keep their orbit. Yeah. The 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 wireless towers. So yeah, I, I think it would be instant. I think you'd be out of power uh, within the. I day. mean, there's people that live off the grid too, though, who have their own, you know, power source and things like that. So it's not like it would be across the board. Everybody would be no, but like out, I but, think, yeah, like internet wise, gone the day of. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Think would be gone. I guess they could uh, get like a generator. One, yeah, but one bad storm house. and I lose my internet for like three fucking days, you know? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're telling me all the people disappear? It's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, yes, uh, Jamie Foxx plays a character named Max. Mm-hmm. He would later reprise this role in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> True. <laughs> Interesting. Um, also, he also moved across the country to yes. New York. For yeah. that one. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to mention was like, here we are in 2004, and apparently the imagery of L.A. was still just incredibly negative. We've seen it in Predator 2 and, yeah. you know, in countless movies where apparently Los Angeles in the 90s and early 2000s was a hellhole. And this movie I, also kind of reflects that. I you think know? it's still to this day that way. I mm-hmm. think it's just we only see the glorified areas where they have money because mm-hmm. L.A. is humongous. Yeah. Yes. And I, I remember going to a pinata shop in East LA (laughs) and kind of being scared. And I was a child and I was still kind of scared. And I, like, I wasn't truly aware of like social economics at that point. Mm -hmm. Cause like my grandma lives on the South side of San Antonio. And so I would go there all the time and 
be you know, fine run into <laughs> cholos all the time and be completely fine. But for some reason, East LA, I was suddenly like kind of terrified, <laughs> you know. And there was a kid. I think I've told this on the podcast. There was a kid who had all silver teeth and they're all sharp. <laughs> it was riffraff in his early years. Proto riffraff, yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of Ian in South San Antonio just being like, hey, what's up, S.A.? <laughs> like the little Ian. That's where I live, S.A. <laughs> I wasn't saying S.A., yeah. I was saying San Antonio. Yeah, he's like saying hi to the whole town, exactly. <laughs> what's up, San Antonio? San Antonio. You're like the... That girl, did you ever hear that song that girl made? San Antonio. No, I did not hear that. Is it's, that another TikTok? She's probably it's from ter- Houston. No, it's, uh, well, I mean, it's on TikTok now, but it <laughs> it was from... Is um, it a YouTube thing? YouTube, yeah. Oh. It's really old. She's probably from Houston, is that what you said? <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, it, we get the whole monologue from Tom Cruise at the beginning of this film that's basically like, a man gets on a train and fucking dies and no one notices for, yeah. you know... 16 stops or whatever it's like you know this fucking place sucks and it's just crazy to me the thing this came out you know 14 years after predator and the vibe of la still feels exactly the same as what that was painting you know the future to be like predator 2 was cartoonish (laughs) yeah but (laughs) violent hellscape is essentially what it's painting i still love the fact that predator 2 was um a, a movie about like the future yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they got it right but both like, in, not in the future compared to our time chronologically both in the past <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so funny i think it's cool i think it's cool that they did that um but yes yeah tom cruise is a monologue machine in this movie and pretty good writing mm-hmm. i think he he says a lot of stuff that you're like i like i like where you're going <laughs> and i like the character that you're creating out of this guy which is also, he's kind of like a blank slate because at any point he can kind of contradict himself in like his actions yeah. or his reactions to, to Jamie Foxx. Um, and I think he, if this movie were created in the 80s, I'm not saying if this movie had come out in the 80s, if yeah. it was created in the 80s, mm-hmm. he would be probably a character that would be monolithic like Michael Myers or Jason or something like that, where it was just like this, un- or no, the Terminator. Yeah. Where he's like this unstoppable force. He would probably have been played by like John Claude Van Damme and he would have been a, a term, Terminator like synonymous kind of character where he's just like this unstoppable, unknowable yeah. entity that Who just has no real empathy for human life. You know, yeah. it's just a circumstance. It, a it's force. just it's just collateral in all yeah. of it. <laughs> and the fact that this movie takes place and came out in two thousand four, I think makes it so much golden yeah because there's nothing like this and i don't think you can really do this today without it being like uh, either art housey like drive or shitty like a nicholas cage movie not that <laughs> nicholas cage movies are shitty i'm just saying like a lesser version of this no yeah. I, and no, but I, I can see that i think coming out in 2004 feels kind of like a detriment to it because i feel like that era just i don't know if there's like too many movies coming yeah. out or too much like this maybe like action in like this era it looks kind of this way yeah maybe it was just too abundant that i feel like that's why this maybe like fell between the cracks for like me as an audience because it's just to me it looks like a generic action flick from the early 2000s which it's definitely not once you get down into it you know but i feel like you're right if it had come out even in the 90s it'd have a higher standing in its you know that's that's status you know and mm, jamie fox wasn't relevant yet Mm -hmm. so relevant yet in the 90s but a lot of the other actors they could have been in there in the 90s a little earlier yeah 
Um, but yeah, a so, real kid, Mark Ruffalo. Then you know, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> actually, just, yeah, exactly, uh, young adult. Um, yeah, let me I made this. a joke earlier where I said he was ten. He was actually twelve in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> let me read the synopsis real quick. A cab driver finds himself the hostage of an engaging contract killer as he makes his rounds from hit to hit during one night in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, and it's pretty fucking good. This movie mm-hmm. just goes and goes. And did it ever feel too long for you guys? Not at all. Really? I would I've... say the movie didn't feel too long, but there was a couple of scenes that oh. felt a hair too long for me, is what I, I would say to that. that. A couple of sequences mm-hmm. um, that I just felt like r- didn't necessarily drag on, but for my own stress and sanctity, just I was like, can this be over already? You know? Interesting. <laughs> I, I feel like there you can definitely trim a few things, mm-hmm. but for me, it didn't feel too much. Um the movie, I love the way the movie starts off. And I love the vibe or the feel that the movie gives yes, off. Yeah. Um, you you were talking about the score earlier. I actually really enjoyed the majority of the score other than like two songs. There's, audio one, slave. there's yes. one song I fucking, and, and it's not Audio Slave. There's one score piece that I fucking hate. And I'll see if I can find it later. Yeah. Okay. But like the very beginning and especially a lot of the parts where they're just playing like kind of like really rhythmic. Rhythmic, I can't say mm-hmm. the word. Arithmetic. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like jazzy music and stuff yeah. like that. Arithmetic music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you could really get a really good sense of where the movie wants to take you mm-hmm. in those moments, and it just, it really hit it out the park for me. Um, uh, recipes, Chris Cornell from Audio Slave. Pour one out for the for the homie. Love it. No, I loved it when the audio slave came bumping into that Twice. scene. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, fucking yeah, ate it yeah. <laughs> I fucking ate that shit up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Once again, making it feel so placed in its era. Yes. Um, but one of my favorite one of my favorite things about this movie was its pacing. The fact that we'd have these high intense action sequences, but then it made it sure to then have these calm moments where it's either the taxi cab where we get the philosophical side of the movie, or we're seeing Jamie Foxx's mom in the hospital yeah. and like getting to see the even more more grayness of who you know tom cruise's character is like the movie does such an incredible job of being like a well roller coaster in that way Mm -hmm. of like big highs and comfortable lows you know and i really think it was like a master class in that that way of balancing those two things definitely there's there's a lot of moving parts too Mm -hmm. surprisingly only one moving car (laughs) for a film about two people in a taxi most of the time there was a lot of moving parts Mm -hmm. in this film yeah, um, and I, 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 I liked it. <laughs> I feel like if I had seen this movie mm, around high school, mm-hmm. I would, I would have a hard time really understanding all the moving parts. Yeah, because yeah. like the visit to Javier Bardem's character Felix isn't outright said, but you understand it through all of the context that the movie's giving you. Yeah, and I feel like I would not until watching movies for this podcast. I would not have really put that all in my mind. You know what I mean? And I think also um, the the Christopher Nolan movies and their whole, you know, stardom yeah. kind of repainted how I absorb movies. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because like mm-hmm. he makes it purposely obtuse to where you have to pay attention to every word spoken or else you're not going to really understand everything that's happening. Yeah. Because they don't really outright say like, hey, you have to go to Felix so you can get the new list for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of do, mm-hmm. but it's all through context and, and like 
and and the fact that Tom Cruise he doesn't want to be seen and known as Vincent that he sends Jamie Foxx and everyone believes it implying that no one's actually seen yeah. what he looks like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean and so like all of that shit I'm like this is good storytelling this is good fucking shit yeah. you know and it delivers us the information but doesn't do it like abundantly you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's like not like when Jamie Foxx is trying to get in he's like hey I'm the hitman Vincent or something yeah. you know I mean all he says is like I'm Vincent, you know, and then it's exactly all the parts move the way they need Mm -hmm. to without the film having like constantly fill in gaps that aren't even really there. But but on top of that, there's a layer that they have above that um, or underneath where you can see even the gears in Jamie Foxx's character, Max, start moving Mm -hmm. where he starts kind of metamorphosizing into a different person. Yeah. Realizing he has to play the game or he's going to fucking die. But like from that point on, he completely changes the way Mm -hmm. he interacts with Vincent, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, he's almost like a completely different character. For sure. There's um, the spiel he gives Jada Pinkett Smith Mm -hmm. whenever he's driving her to her destination about. Is it right before Will Smith smacks him? I'm sorry. I had to. (laughs) No. <laughs> we're cutting uh, that. We're going <laughs> to cut that out. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but he's talking about island limos or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And he you can tell he has it like down to a science on how he performs it to everyone that gets into mm-hmm. his tax mm-hmm. his taxi. He's thought about it a lot. Yeah. Yes. For and 12 years. For 12 years and it shows that same kind of thing where it's like he hit a wall and never really did anything past that wall. Mm-hmm. Like it's still the same kind of shit to him. He's doing this on the side, but it's on the side for the rest of his life. And I, I love I mean? the way I love how Vincent at the end tells him, like all it took was a down payment and a Lincoln Town car. <laughs> like don't fucking do that. Don't give me these excuses, bitch. Is basically what he's telling him. And there is. Um, a time where a member in Amber's family told me something along those lines. Oh, wow. When I was trying to, I was talking about, I forgot what I was talking about, something I wanted to do. And they heard me talk about it like twice, like mm. two weeks apart. And they're like, you're not going to do it. And and basically they're like, you're going to keep talking about it, but you're never going to do it. And so after that, I was like, I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> and so... And so I just moved on and then yeah. I became an electrician. <laughs> That's a good, that, I mean, it's, it's a harsh reality that some people have to see. Yeah. Like there's sometimes where you, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you underestimate what you can do across a few decades. Right. So like if you just take it slow and just get going, you can get it done. But you can't just deter yourself away like, oh, you know, like I have to do all this first. Like, no, just get started and take the long road. You'll get there eventually. And Jamie Foxx's character is a shining light of that Mm -hmm. kind of thing where it's like he's hit this roadblock for 12 years. Um, He's stuck in this car with this silver psychopath and (laughs) which is silver psycho, which is the. Galactus, that's, the Herald of Galactus. Oh, that's the okay. name of my next screamo band. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, the way he gets out of the situation is he hits a roadblock. He literally hits a roadblock to flip mm-hmm. the car. Well, yeah, it's fucking <laughs> very stupid of Tom Cruise's character to basically be like, yeah, life doesn't matter, bro. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, good point. <laughs> so that the the actor. Um, 
Barry Shabaka Henley, mm-hmm. the guy who played Daniel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is he dying everything he's in? <laughs> is he like Sean Bean? Is it Sean Bean who does that? That's a good call. Yes, that is oh, yeah. Sean Bean that does it. What else has he been in that he died? I don't know, but he's always like a judge or an informant or like, or like a cop or, or yeah, yeah, somebody like someone who's on a hit list yes, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's a, he's been in Rush Hour. Okay, he doesn't die in Terminal. Okay. He does not die in Terminal. <laughs> he probably doesn't die in Rush Hour either. He most likely dies in Nick Cage's story. <laughs> 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 it's Nick Cage. Nick Cage is going to kill everybody. <laughs> no, but the fact that he plays a trumpeteer in this movie, mm-hmm. a jazz trumpeteer, I'm like, that is... That is, yeah, you just drew a character, Michael Mann. And my man, it works. Yeah. <laughs> he, I could believe it. Like, I could yeah. see him as that character. I yeah. really could. For a second, I was like, oh, is this like a real life jazz musician? <laughs> and then when I saw him without the trumpet, I was like, oh, no, this is an actor. I've definitely seen this man before. <laughs> uh, yes. 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 That's exactly oh, right. Oh, shit. That's what's up. No, I, I can't believe how wrong the first fucking hit actually goes to the point that he like so i mean seeing how what a powerhouse he is the rest of the movie i'm like Mm -hmm. how did he let this happen that that guy flew out the window and landed right on top of the car he told him where to park yeah i mean he basically told him to be there he's like i shot him and he fell out of the window he didn't fall out the window he threw him out the window but why would he do that? no i i think he did shoot him yeah, I, I think he definitely for sure shot him I, and then threw him out the window. No, I think he shot him and he fell back through the window. I mean, but then you see Mark Ruffalo go in the room and the window's like fucking this high up to his breast. Like, I don't think so. What I think happened was he definitely put him there to be parked there. So he had to be part of this. He'd be thing. incriminated into it. The taxi is now. Yeah. So I think it was all because then. We also learn oh. about a previous time, uh, apparently a taxi driver had gone around killing people mm-hmm. and then shot himself. We do hear about that. I think that that was just a time gone wrong. Mm. You don't, don't think he would have just killed Jamie Foxx at the end of the whole ordeal? You really think he'd have let him go? No, I think he would have He would have killed him, definitely. But I, I think, You think him, the guy falling out? Yeah, I think that it just it was a it was a, it was a mishap. Yeah, because then we do very shortly after get the entire encounter with the two police officers where they're like, "Your car's fucked up, bro. Like you can't be driving this shit." And then that never becomes a problem again. And that's what I was very surprised by because we see multiple Dude, sequences where they drive by cops and stuff. After he meets Javier Bardem, the city's empty. Yeah, L. A. is empty. <laughs> There's one cop to help him with when he flips the car. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Dude, it's like. Five in the morning, but even driving, yeah. even driving the body around felt like something that, like, once again, for how much of a professional we yeah. see that he is, it's like, why wouldn't they have ditched that somewhere at any point in time and then carried it around literally throughout the rest of the film? I feel like there has to be an ulterior motive, like Tom yeah. Cruise. I, I, when they took the body, I was like, oh, that's a good idea because they can't say for sure he's dead. Yeah, the cops. Yeah, you know, because there's the one cop that is Mark Ruffalo's like having to have every expositional conversation <laughs> yeah. with and having to prove wrong time and time again. And that guy is meant to be like the, the audience asking like, oh, so he, he, he's got to be dead, right? And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, we don't have any proof that he's dead. I, I felt like there was another story there. Like, like that guy that kept questioning him yeah. was actually like um, a mole. For oh. the organization or something, I, I, there had like, to have been more, right? They. So here's another thing: we're we're coming up to the 30 minute mark, but I want to say this: they spend a lot of time doing the cop shit, yeah, for them to all be taken off the table in one fell swoop. 
when fucking Mark Ruffalo's character died, I was like, that's it? What the fuck? I when did the departed come out? Did the- that, that's what I was about to I was about to say. I think it's meant to be that. It's meant to be that big jarring moment. Spoilers yeah. <laughs> in, in the movie where you know the departed big, came out after. Yeah, two thousand six. Well, Scorsese did it better. So <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty jarring out of yeah. nowhere for because they planted and and that has to be a trick on the audience where mm-hmm. they plant so much time with Mark Ruffalo's character and there's so many di- there's that one big dialogue scene where all the cops are trying to schematic how they're going to save ron Lim or whatever yeah and then they all get taken off the table in one in one action scene they don't all die but they're all off the table for sure one of the scenes that ran just a little too long for me (laughs) was the entire fucking yeah fever sequence you know because there's so much and it's great the build-up is incredible because exactly we know the cops are coming we know that Mm -hmm. they're already there and then we get the security that's in fever you know what i mean like they but just then build... also felix's guys show up there too yeah they just build the stakes so well in that sequence but then once the action actually starts happening i felt like it was just like constantly like okay now worry about jamie fox okay now like let's see tom cruise be badass okay now let's worry about <laughs> jamie fox again and i was like oh my god like let's fucking just get this over with already and there's... it took forever for him to finally get the hit done and walk away from it <laughs> there's one guy who's working security where mayhem has already started happening. I wish I could pull it up real quick. But mayhem has already gone out. Everyone's screaming and running towards the doors. And there's one shot where it shows security get up and run through a crowd of people. And that crowd of people are still dancing. (laughs) No way. Yes. Because the whole time the music is playing and it's the worst club music I've ever heard. And I love it. (laughs) Well, it's like... (laughs) That makes me laugh. Uh, I saw something recently uh, on a show where this guy was talking about um, background actors and stuff like Mm. that and how the union makes them all sign contracts where they can't make a noise at all. They can't make a single noise. So they're just like, just dancing there with no with no sound at yeah, all. They literally are not allowed to speak. So. They, they can't speak. They can't clap. They have to like <laughs> fake clap if yeah. there's clapping. Like they can't stomp. They can't make any noise at all because that's to be quiet on the set. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about collateral. All right. Quiet on set. Body. Quiet. Quiet on set. Shut up, you extra. Body. Okay, this one's gonna be real bad news for my ass. All right, welcome back, guys. Yes, hey, hey welcome, welcome back, back to the cakewalk. Sh- 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 welcome back shoot, to shoot the finger guns. Welcome, welcome back to bang, collateral. Bang. But yeah, fucking Mark Ruffalo just turns into some real fucking collateral real fast, doesn't oh, he? Yeah. <laughs> he just boom, boom, and it honestly shocked me. I mean, that's just it. Mm. They, they do such a great job of making him be the only cop you're rooting for in the entire scene because he's the only one who understands that Jamie Foxx isn't the real threat here, and so of course they like perfectly take him out but at the same time it's like how did tom cruise beat them out of the fucking club we literally saw him finishing off he must have went through the bar back or yeah. something. i don't know they were going through the dancers he was going through the fleers you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's we got two, well, two groups. Because, you, like think about it like this he's a little guy now you're on my yeah, little guy theory. You could slip in and out of places real easy. That's what makes him so good at his job. He's so tiny. He can just run in between everybody's legs while they're running. They could all in run full speed, and he can run full speed, but faster he underneath puts, them. He puts the gun away. Security's like, get this child out of here. <laughs> Hurry, this, get him out first. Women this, or children first. Get this tiny silver man out. <laughs> 
Oh no, he's got Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they thought he was elderly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I have to believe that all the people dancing in that sequence were the ones that are like, fuck it, it's LA. This is just how it is here. <laughs> Who is it this week, huh? Blood? Is it the Predator again? <laughs> is it the Predator? <laughs> uh, another thing I don't give a shit about, and I'm glad they didn't spend us fucking second more talking about it, mm-hmm. was why Felix wanted all these people dead. Yeah. It's just, you know. Oh, because of a. Court, yeah, yeah, court but, hearing. Yeah. They're witnesses to they, what? They just said somebody was getting indicted. I mean, you don't need to know. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. I don't care important. to know. I yeah. don't want to yeah. know. No, we get the perfect amount of importance to it. And exactly, we have Jada Pinkett Smith perfectly set up at the beginning of the movie to be like, I'm prosecuting on a big old case. Which is, like, we're probably going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, y'all are probably going to win. Well, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> He's just probably covering his bases here. Yeah. Do you think Tom Cruise knew? I don't think he cares. I think he did know because he looks at her and kind of smiles at the beginning. He oh, like, he like, like goes, hmm. That that was his mark is what you mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because that's assuming why he would even have been at that building was exactly scoping out how he would be able to get to her probably so being the most why did he need the list again from Felix? For Ron Lim and that's it? Yeah. His name is Ron Lim, He right? just couldn't remember the club. He's like, what was the club? It's like, uh. Maybe it was to see like maybe just for her schedule. Yeah, I guess. Oh, no, research. he needed the he needed the passcode. Oh. He needed the key oh. card to be able to get all the way up. She was easily the most challenging to get yeah. to, obviously, because he needed like an access card to even be able to get into her office and stuff. So, so I think maybe, it was more that technology that he w- was lacking in there. Was and maybe the... he knew she was going to be there all night. So mm-hmm. he was just he saw her come in. That was him confirming she's going to be there. And so he just did like the this rest lady of works stuff. hard and doesn't have anybody else working on this case like a prosecutor would. She's doing it all by herself. But so, the, I think it was Peter Lim. I keep saying Ron Lim because that's a comic book artist. <laughs> Sorry. But exactly. They, this movie does an amazing job of making you want to root it for Tom Cruise at certain times, you know, and I think that's where it is so well made in making his character this gray area you know sociopath and going back to that in the sense that we do get the scenes where he's like talking jamie fox's boss off where he's like hey fuck you you know be nice to my fucking driver um but then we even get you know later sequences where he's just actually being like a good guy he saves him from like the fucking dudes trying to rob him in the taxi Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's partly for his own gain to get his briefcase back but i feel like he probably kills them because he's like fuck these guys you know Mm -hmm. which I, I love this th- these sequence of events, the cause and effect mm-hmm. of two bodies that they didn't hide. Now you know the kill structure of two shots to the chest, one in the head. Later, we see him shoot Mark Ruffalo. He's not wearing a bulletproof vest. If he is, it doesn't matter. There's one in his head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even in Fever, when we finally see him get to the final mark, it's boom, boom, boom. It's yeah. two shots to the chest, one in the head. I like that they kept that a consistent Which is theme. classic execution style. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Like, that's how professionals kill. But it was also the, the tight bullet group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he, like you said, the ones that, the two in the chest were like millimeters apart. Yeah. They were, they could have been puncturing the same hole boys a mm-hmm. pro you know <laughs> it's cool to watch mm-hmm. he's got steady and, aim pro so. and the um sound design mm-hmm. in the movie is phenomenal the every gunshot even if it's a shitty little cop pistol sounds great have you ever noticed that in movies it feels like they always make the heroic gun sound beefier and then the enemy guns sound shittier they sound like pop guns or something like pop 
happening. Or just like people that are minions, like cops or something, mm-hmm. if they're just extras shooting their guns, they sound shittier than the people you're trying to focus on. That's true. I've noticed that a lot. But every gun in this movie sounds fucking great. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Mann loved guns. And the he suppressor would... sounded really well, too. Yeah, for sure. Whenever uh, There's another detriment, though. It didn't look like he got shot in the head. The jazz music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It like it was weird. It looked like like someone dribbled a little bit of ketchup on his forehead. (laughs) But I guess tiny bullets, man. Yeah, tiny (laughs) bullets. Little baby bullets. Yeah, it was tiny man, tiny bullets. It was BBs. (laughs) I mean, maybe he used um. Yeah, called the silver BB. Yeah, maybe he used a twenty-two, which a twenty-two at that range is strong enough to penetrate your skull, but not strong enough to exit your skull. Oh. So mm-hmm. the it wouldn't Even leave. through a suppressor, though? Mm-hmm. Oh, even definitely. Even, oh, yeah. Even a thirty eight would have probably done at pretty that much range, just puncture dead range. But what I'm saying is, like, it would go into your brain, bounce around, and then not yeah, blow a your hole. Brain. Yeah, not blow but, a hole in the back. Scramble yeah. your egg real yeah. good. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it really Body. just depends on the gun he used. That's hilarious, funny. Sorry, I've killed a lot of people in my day. Exactly. <laughs> but honestly, that, that, se- that seems the most fucked up. And because of Tom Cruise's motivations, we're just all, hey, look look how cool this guy is. He's like this dope jazz musician with all these cool-ass stories. Now let's kill him. You know, it's like, and, why would he need Jamie Foxx there for that particular hit? You know? And the way he made it seem like going to there, he's like, come on, I'm going to take you to this spot. You, I'm going to buy you a drink. That's so true. He's like, like let's take a break. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> if, yeah, from the outside, if I had told you, oh, it's about a guy... He's an assassin. He keeps a, a taxi driver hostage. They go have a chill night at a jazz club and also visit his mom. Would you have been like, sounds like a comedy. Sounds yeah. like a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. True. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, what is this? Will Ferrell oh. and Jamie Foxx? Yeah. And Jamie Foxx potentially falls in love at the end. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, Not I mean, with Tom Cruise, but. Well, th- their interaction sometimes, it almost feels like a combative, like, relationship Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like a like a romantic one at times do you think they made out after i think they made out and michael mann cut it out yeah you guys need to stop it (laughs) stop trying to have a kissing scene in the movie they just keep sneaking it into everything that's that's why the movie cost 65 million to make because they had to hire security to keep them apart (laughs) and that's already 60 million exactly hiring security that can hold back tom cruise yeah (laughs) they can even catch him you know it's because like you have you have to hire smaller people and you know then you get child labor laws involved and you got to bribe people so it costs more money to go around all these all this red tape i think you can only work four hours a day and it's like child labor laws (laughs) I did not know we were going to do so many digs on his eye. <laughs> He's never going to hear this. What if like tomorrow is like all over the news? <laughs> I would be happy. I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Honestly. Hell yeah. Everybody go listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Shit. Um, but yeah, they he gets every one of his targets. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise's character, which is, goes by Vincent. We don't not know. everyone. No, he misses one target. Um. Yeah, the ending 
so we get the whole sequence where we exactly Jamie or you know Max finally kind of like realizes he's got to have to play the game right. So then he's mm-hmm. like gun wielding at civilians and ends up taking that guy's phone. But then that was the Dude, second that scene was hilarious though. What, when he takes the phone, he's like, "No, get back!" Basically, yeah. that's <laughs> such an honest reaction though. Yeah. I kind of love it because exactly you would just be like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> just fucking stumble backwards. Yeah. Um, but that's in my com- my opinion the second scene that goes on just a little too long. Long, which is when he's on top of the parking garage trying to get the information mm-hmm. to Annie that Tom Cruise is below her because it's just so it's so repetitive in the sense that it's just like he's there to kill you and she's like what and he's like she's he's there to kill you and she's I like, mean what that's also <laughs> realistic in the sense that she wouldn't believe him yeah, yeah she's like dude but, I just met you you're just trying to get me outside so you can kill me or something but we finally get all that and then the phone dies yeah and then he, but then we get another call he manages to call back out to her one no, more it time die. And, and then it, or it like it's at a signal. signal yeah I'm pretty sure the battery's also blinking in that moment. Yeah. Just the, yeah, whole, the phone's sure. just not it's functioning. Both. But then yeah. it's like, fuck it. We're going to let him call her one more time. And then it's just not going to work. I was Look. just like, oh, my God. Like, right, it should have been over when the call disconnected. Let's be honest, Kenny. That phone was running on 2G. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that shit did not work. In LA, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's at home on their phones right now. Yeah. I think no one's out on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then also the oh, only it's phone hour. It's yeah. LA phone hour. Everyone go home. But the only people in this entire skyscraper are fucking yep. Annie and uh, Tom Cruise and, the and security we, guard. And we can very conveniently see them. Yes. Well, did did Jamie Fox even did his character even have a cell phone or was no, that Vincent's no. phone? It was no, the guy. Stole, oh yeah, he, he stole, stole the phone. Yeah. So even at, at this moment in time, like ob- it's 2004. Not everybody has a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, also, he happens to call her work phone, which I mm-hmm. guess is automatic. She can probably set up the console to forward it yeah. to forward the call to the yeah. the library that she's in or whatever the fuck. But then her cell phone is there, and they do a they purposely show Tom Cruise looking at the cell phone, and I don't know for fucking what. Well, he just sees that her stuff is there. He's just looking. Oh, like, so she for sure is is there somewhere. She's still in the building. Okay. That's a good call. So then he looks at the phone and it's lit up for the 16th floor. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, maybe I'm blind, but I could have sworn when I read it, it said 15th floor. It did. Right? Even though she said 16th floor. And two floors below her is the 14th floor. Yeah, where where Tom Cruise is. is. But then visually, when jamie fox looks at it it feels like it's only one floor apart mm, but i think it's because that middle floor was just all black yeah you know uh, who's not blind jamie fox he has the world's greatest vision <laughs> and also happened to pick mm-hmm. the exact side of the building where he'd have the perfect viewpoint yeah. of everything going on yeah, he's like i know i i just met you today and I, I just drive by this building but yeah. i know i'm pretty sure the library's on this side yeah. he knows every inch of la dude um, there's a lot of coincidences mm-hmm. in this movie. I mean, it's, it's all plot convenience, but it's fine. It was made in you know? 2004. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, but the movie actually, I feel like it aged very well. Yeah. It, I think it, it for sure really aged good. Yeah. very well, and, except for the score. Yeah. <laughs> well, even better. at that, dude, the score's really good, except it, for maybe like two or three songs. Yeah. Um, especially the very opening sequence. A lot of the like slow jazz music, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the song I fucking hate. Let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah, I want to hear this. It's where Mark Ruffalo discovers that um, El Gorto. Oh look, guys! I who's not even fat. The I'm man. getting a Cosmog on Pokemon Go. Oh wow, Cosmog's there. Ooh, Cosmog. I don't know what that is. It's a poker. He turns into either Soul Galeo or uh, Lu- 
the moon bat this, thing. Yeah, the ugly um, one. Let me see. Oh, look, Mark Ruffalo is only 5'8". How come we're not making jokes about his height? Because that's taller than Tom Cruise. He's exactly. not the shortest one in the film. How, um, okay, now you got to look up Tom Cruise height. The one that got me for sure. is the scene where Tom Cruise is holding Jamie Foxx up against the taxi by his throat, and there's no human way he would have been had the reach to hold him the way that he's holding him. They obviously had to like put him on a box or something, to, or, like, or it's not his arm, you know? Yeah. Because realistically, there's just no fucking no way. It just, I'm just it, imagining him standing on top <laughs> of a box now. Like <laughs> leaning over Jamie Foxx. I'm just going to open up Netflix to try and find the video, the mm-hmm. portion of the... the let me, here, let me help you score. out. How tall is Tom Cruise? Okay. He's wearing platforms. He's 5'7". That means I'm short too. I promise. He's, I he's promise. Five seven for real. He's, yeah, he's, he's doctored that information. <laughs> yeah, he paid Google yeah. twenty million dollars to change the exactly the answer. I bet if I like wipe it, it'll say four seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let me see if I can find the scene because the score in the scene is sucks egregious. Okay, here it is. Fucking harmonic. I love this shit. And it's not supposed to be like his apartment that's playing his music, the fucking dead man. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo's going through trying to find him. It's meant to make it feel intense or something. And it sounds like fucking Roseanne. It sounds like edgy, cool Roseanne. Uh, I dig it. I'm like, what is this? Is this a fucking joke? And the music plays too long. Fuck that. I and I, I love how it's like very obviously like an outline of a car where all the glasses yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, well, you think he just got up and walked away? It's like, no, there's obviously a fucking car here. Yeah, there's obviously an object <laughs> in the way. Yeah, when they're looking at Felix's like hideout, oh, you took a picture and there's Smeagol. And he photobombed, yeah. Uh, when they look at Felix's thing and they're zooming in on the fucking taxi and they're like, look, it's damaged. And everyone's like, so? And he's like, fucking, he <laughs> dropped out. He fell in the car. Like, yeah, Mark Ruffalo is the only intelligent <laughs> cop in this entire movie who can, like, put two mm-hmm. and two together. When you can tell how mad he gets at the Fed when he's like, oh, yeah, where we watch people walk in and out of buildings. Some are sleeping, some are not. And that's, like, all he gives. He, like, obviously doesn't give a shit. It's like, God damn it. L.A. <sighs> yeah, so uh, the movie ends in... I mean, it's it's very tense driven. It's mm-hmm. very action ba- baked. Um, but would we have imagined any other ending? What else could it? How else could it end other than a shootout between the t- our unless two we get the upsetting ending where he gets both of them, where yeah. where Tom Cruise kills both of them, but they end up on a subway or an, on a train. It's not even a subway; it's above sometimes, um, and power goes out for a second and. Literally, Jamie Foxx is just shooting all around the door. I do not understand yeah. how he won that gunfight because we want to see Tom Cruise just perfectly, you know, firing. So did he intentionally miss? You know, I think um, Tom Cruise is just bleeding a lot. 
Oh, you think he had already... Because he had been shot through the face yeah. at this point. I think oh, that's right. Yeah. Which just... looked cool. And yeah. that's where it made me think, oh, this is this could be a slasher film. And when that happened, I was like, oh, cool. This should, he Now he's going to be a monster the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think he just, like, was losing blood and losing blood. Maybe maybe well, he also he, got hit he on his side. Abdomen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has an abdomen shot. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. He, I think he just lost blood. See, That's I assume it. that happened in that moment. I, I thought so when too. he gets shot in the stomach, you know. But we don't see either of them move from squarely looking at each other mm-hmm. right through the window. Dude, ricochets, bro. Ricochets. True. Oh, dude. Ricochets. Ricochets. Yeah, you know Ricochet, Jay? Dude, but I love that it brings it all the way back to the fucking... <laughs> The, I don't know what that was. That was just coin. money. Yeah, I just dropped all my coins. <laughs> my coins are ricocheting out of my pocket. Robin Hood is robbing me. He shot an arrow through my coin bag. Um, but we get the full, you know, comeback to the a man on a train dies. You yeah. know, you think anyone will notice, and he just, you know, yeah. just so I kind of didn't give a shit about the ending until y'all mentioned that. Because I didn't even really put that together that he talks about that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and then that's why he says, "Do you think anybody will care?" And, and I mean, you can't even really fucking ID him. He's been a contract killer for however mm-hmm. long. True, but people no. who hire him don't know him. So. Yeah, exactly. So. 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 But that, I mean, that so. is the the good part of the ending, in my opinion. But Jamie Foxx and fucking Jada Pinkett Smith just walking off into the sunset is kind of the bad ending. because Do they walk off? Well, yeah, they just walk away from the train. Yeah, I mean, it mm. just shows them like putting his armor in. It's literally just them like walking away from it's the situation. Like, Half of LA thinks that you killed a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, you're doing jail oh, yeah. time I'm for sure, this situation. I'm sure, yeah, he's going to be convicted on all Hey, well, he's got a good prosecutor. Yeah, I'll go to <laughs> lawyer. I hope he has a good lawyer. <laughs> and she does say, like, if you ever need a lawyer, but she's talking about, like, prosecuting somebody. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she can do defense work yeah. now because <laughs> he's going to need it. Because, yeah, exactly. Most of the, only one cop didn't think he was the bad guy and that and he died so mm. everybody else is going to be convinced that he is probably the person who did all of these things you know so if, if he doesn't immediately just get shot on the spot he's going to prison mm. <laughs> after the sequence but the movie basically ends just like that doesn't matter that's yeah. not the story <laughs> um the movie does end um it then shows names it says tom cruise jamie fox collateral and then goes down the line <laughs> listing mark ruffalo jada pinkett smith so mm-hmm. on and so forth Jason Statham not named until the full credits, and neither Javier Bardem. Really? What if, I'm sorry, but what if when it said Tom Cruise's name, uh-huh. it said Tom Cruise, yes, I'm 5'7". <laughs> no, it just says 5'7". Yeah. <laughs> and then no one else's height. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I thought that that was kind of crazy, that neither Jason Statham or... Stakeums. Jacob Statham or Javier Bardem are out of the normal credits mm-hmm. do you think they were just like cameo well, like like I, opportunities I guess, like they maybe weren't like i feel like jason statham definitely was like jason statham was happened to be cameo, on set that day <laughs> but javier bardem Shooting i guess was seven not known yet mm-hmm. because it names like bruce mcgill and fucking peter berg and i'm like i don't who the fuck are these men <laughs> what's that guy's last name mcgill no, Peter, Peter, the guy who played Peter Berg. Berg. Oh, his name is Peter Berg. Oh, What's yeah, his... what is his last oh, name? <laughs> the character's name is Richard Weidner. So his name is Dick Weidner. Where? Dick <laughs> Weidner. Dick what Wied- a stupid last name. Dick Weidner. That's like, that's like Look, a guy you, named... You can Pot. tell he doesn't even know how to spell either. It's <laughs> I before E except after C, you dumb fuck. You can't even spell your, your last name. 
Dick Wiener is like a, a guy named Butt Ass. <laughs> ass Butt. <laughs> ass Butt. You got that one right. His name's Dick. <laughs> it's like having a front bottom, am I right? <laughs> Pussy vagina. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, Octopussy. The, that's my penis. The James butt. Bond bad guy. Right. A front bottom is a penis butt or Dude. a vagina butt. Moose knuckle. Disgusting. Agreed. Camel toe. <laughs> Do y'all guys want to rate this film? Yeah, let's rate it. Yeah, let's rate it. What's the what? I'm going to rate it too many audio slave songs. <laughs> there's only one. <laughs> there's only one song. <laughs> I know. I'm saying there's too many of them. Too many? <laughs> I, I love that you put the number two. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to give this movie. I honestly really liked liked uh-huh. it a lot. I was kind of blown away by how much I loved this film. Um, just in the fact that I can't believe I'd never seen it before. You know, I feel like this is something that HBO should have been playing oh, every sure fucking Tuesday night. And I would have seen it. Yeah. I swear to God, every movie HBO played from like 2003 to 2010. Yeah, I've <laughs> exactly. seen, I've seen I, all their late night stuff. Yeah, I would have seen their shit. <laughs> Um, one silver-haired <laughs> devil. <laughs> um, and I'll give it a uh, five out of five. I love this movie. God damn it! When you said five out of five, I really thought you were gonna say five foot seven Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh fuck! Damn it! I'll do five foot seven. Tom five out of seven Tom Cruise. <laughs> five out of seven Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lowercase Tom Cruise. (laughs) Calm truce. So I have uh, some news about uh, next week of what we can do. Okay. Um, So funny enough, after I I was watching Collateral Mm -hmm. on Netflix, right? And then I I was kind of getting excited because next week we're going to do the guest. Mm -hmm. But um, as soon as Collateral ended, like credits were still rolling and I got a sign from God. From from the Netflix gods. Ooh. Um, without asking. Jesus Christ of Netflix. Yes. Without asking, without having me do anything, Tekken Bloodline started playing. <laughs> so that's what we're going to watch. Because that is the sequel to <laughs> yeah, Collateral. That's the sequel to Collateral. So we have to watch that. One, and then we could watch the guest after that. Okay. Once the world realized human life didn't matter, the Tekken tournament began. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then you heard it here first. Next week, we're going to be doing the first season of Tekken Bloodlines. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be a multi-season series. Who knows? Who knows? We're going to watch it. Uh, come back and, and hear us talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be bloody, so we'll uh, we'll see y'all then, or we'll see you on another time. Wait, is, is that the end of the episode? Oh, no, I guess we got to plug Are we ending huh? the episode? Should hey, we go- talk about the thing? Oh, my God. The movie? The- I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Pardon moi. I forgot, you know? Well, we're trying something new. Yeah. We're going to try and all bring back comic books. Yeah. Because we missed them. And Honestly. Instead of doing two whole episodes, what we're going to do now is do the one episode of the movie, and then at the end, once we're done talking about the movie, we can talk about a little bit of comic books. Yeah. And so this is a good way for people who only care about the movies to go ahead and hop off whenever they want. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Leave. Get out. But those of you get that love Not to hear us talk out. about comic books, stick around. We'll keep talking about comic books. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to say um, that 
I I missed comic books so much that I completely missed the fact that we were reading comic books <laughs> this week. Yeah. And I only read the first three issues of, of the six issues we had to read. Yep. The very minuscule uh, amount. Yeah. So um, I was really enjoying it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part that I did read was when... Um, what did we read? Uh, we read The Thing. <laughs> what thing? The thing from the uh, what is it nineteen eighty four? What's the year? Nineteen seventy. It, it came out this year. No, I'm talking about the thing. Oh, the, yeah, nineteen eighty four. I think okay. starring Kurt Russell. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, my favorite part is when um, the thing mm-hmm. uh, and Mary are are doing it. They're just fucking, <laughs> and she. And he's all, you won't like it because of my skin. And she's all, I like it rough. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, it, it all comes together. That's all I can say. <laughs> like, does he... Does he what? Whenever he comes... <laughs> is it pebbles? <laughs> yeah, is it pebbles? <laughs> isn't he... Is it sand? Like, what What comes out? In is the- it liquid? In theory, isn't he always rock hard? <laughs> yeah. Ready to go? Yeah, he's always ready to go. <laughs> Um, I didn't know we were gonna do something. Yeah, I honestly jokes. didn't even realize, like, because I've thought about this. I'm not trying to be weird, but I've really thought about this. Like, there's no room for for a penis in his spandex. Like, they're like they're yeah. like it, it. They're smooth. It's like and a then, block. And then the most recent smooth movie, smooth as a cinder he block. Just rock. He had no penis. That's right. Yeah, exactly. He didn't even wear undies. It retracts. So we're talking about oh, the thing. His rock grows <laughs> from this year, written by Walter Mosley and uh, art by Tom Riley, mm-hmm. colors by the impeccable Jordi Belair. Um, this book looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. It looks old. Yeah, it, it's meant to invoke that classic kind mm-hmm. of um, Marvel style, and it's hand drawn, and I think that yeah. makes a big difference. You know. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the art shines in this book incredibly and, mm-hmm. and has such a, not a variety to it, but a uniqueness to it that well, really it brings it back. it aesthetics yeah. that it tries to bring into it, which is fucking sick. It's so good looking. Uh, but yes, the thing fucks in this book. <laughs> yeah, at least once that, at I've, least that once. I've seen. And he fucks someone that's not his fiance. Even crazier. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the thing, Benjamin Grimm from the Fantastic Four, is engaged to Alicia Masters. Is she blind? She is blind. Okay. Yes. With that that's so funny that Mary is on a blind date with him. <laughs> yeah. And the way she says it, she's like, I'm on a blind date. Yeah. You know? Yes. He she's like, he likes the blind ones. Yeah. <laughs> I think her name is Amerilis. Amerilis? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's a, a name I've never seen. It's like Amaryllis or something. Yeah. And then her last name is like Dejour. Mm-hmm. Just gonna gentrify. Yeah, just let's Mustard. gentrify her name. Dejour. It was Amaryllis uh DiGiorno. It's not delivery. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not Amaryllis delivery. It's Amaryllis uh, DiGiorno. Amarillo. By I'm, by Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> Amarillo, by Texas, DiGiorno. Nice. <laughs> but okay, so this is only six issues, mm-hmm. and I really liked this book. Yeah, and I had a good time reading. This was the first time I read a comic book since we stopped. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, well, sort of. You didn't. Fi- well, you did read comics. Yeah, I read three comic books. You read what three the fuck are you talking comic about? Books. Yeah, whole entire three comic books. Um, How many have you read? <laughs> six. <laughs> 
That's it? <laughs> to me, you've only ever read six That's comics? That's twice as many. Well, <laughs> arguably I could catch up in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Walter Mosley is not a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he typically writes novels. Okay. And so I think they were giving him a tryout and he wanted to do the thing. And I think he did a pretty good job, but you could kind of tell. That makes a lot of sense. That he didn't. I, I've, you can kind of tell that the structure isn't wholly there. Yeah. Right. I feel like the artist probably had to work pretty hard to like build it into like a comic book format. Maybe, I, you know, maybe what it definitely I, feels like some parts kind of skip. That's mm-hmm. where I there's it's I wish there was a dialogue talked about in the book where they say for some reason things just aren't adding up and something's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they don't really say that. Instead, shit just kind of keeps happening and there's no real story beats to it. Yeah. And I don't think that Walter Mosley knew how to tell uh, a decompressed story in this way. Because he has to cover so many pages. Yeah. He has mm-hmm. to have so much real estate per issue. And then he didn't know how to squash, squash and stretch the story to fit those pages. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we have two characters that just basically act really weird mm-hmm. the whole run. but exa- And then it's re- we get our reveal at the end. But right, exa- it, it just feels like they're just acting weird the entire yeah. time. There's no real promptness to be like, oh, there's a reason to like suspect these characters. Yes. Unless you're like just looking at how fucking strange they're acting, you know? Um, one of those characters being Bobby, mm-hmm. Bobby Specter, who's a young boy. Mark who, Specter's son. Yes, Mark Specter's son. <laughs> well, then it's Not revealed really. at the oh, end okay. that he's a watcher. Yeah, he's Uwatu's son, I or guess. Or nephew, because he says, yeah. Uwatu's my dad or uncle. Yeah, that's, that's what he the, says. That's the little boy? Yes. yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because he knows a whole bunch of shit for He like, knows nothing. too much and he's too curious. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you for know. sure. Um, but then also Hercules is in this book. And Hercules is dope. Um, also, Terax is in this book, and Terax is dope. A I surprising number of cameos for a six-issue story. You know, like that's what I was kind of blown away by. It was that yeah. it felt like a lot going on for exactly the story that obviously meant to be the overarc. You know, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I uh, I maxed out my five-star Terax. Nice. <laughs> so you got that rock rotation. Yeah, dude, I got that rock rotation. The fucking champion shows the fucking up. Fucking awakened. Oh, yeah. So that did ass. you get to the part where the champion of the universe shows up? Yeah, where he fights the champion? Yes. Yeah. That was the end of issue, issue three. three. Yeah. Which, once again, he shows up for, like, nothing, no reason, but he's there and he looks cool. Yeah. And yeah. it's a cool fight. Yeah. And so I, I like this book because... A lot of cool stuff is happening, but without any real reason. Well, he's mm-hmm. there to make uh, Bobby look weird or suspicious. I, yeah, that's Bobby's true. like, I'm going to stay up all night talking to him. You go to bed. And it's yeah. like, that's fucking, that's a little fucking weird. <laughs> Especially the fact that uh, Ben is just like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. I don't give. <laughs> no. I mean, that's kind of his character, I guess. But he's like, I don't give a rat's ass what you do, kid. I've I just met you. Stay in this fucking palace that we're in. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And f- talk to this undying god yeah. from the sky. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think he. It, apparently, he can't get out. What the fuck do I know? Yeah, though? his motivations or actions in this book 
the thing. surprised me, the thing, Ben Grimm, because I've read a good bit of Fantastic Four and we read, you know, two and one yes. you know, for this podcast. And he's usually like the straight man. Yeah. You know, he's usually like the most level headed thinking, like mm-hmm. just trying to kind of get Unless through you it. anger him because then he's going to beat some. Yeah, he's going to clobber some shit, yeah. you know, but get I felt like yeah, throughout a lot of this, <laughs> yeah, like, his rationale seemed very kind of like all over the place or like exactly very nonchalant i feel like he was a little johnny storm more in the fact that he's like fuck it i don't i'm yeah. sure this won't have consequences you know so i was a little surprised by that you know but i, I think, think it was oh. it was because of everything he was going through so he was trying to be a different person you yeah know? so alicia masters is <clears throat> with this man named uh, alejandro mm-hmm. she's checking out museums with alejandro oh is that Why? the guy that used to be with lady gaga Yes. Ali Alejandro. Yeah. Yes, it is Ali Alejandro. <laughs> um, and the thing is like, what the fuck? And sure enough, Alicia's even acting kind of like, hey, what the fuck? You know, and so we find out like they're both being played. They're both being played by the death, by the, by death. Yeah. Are uh, you say Mephisto? No. <laughs> so <laughs> Mary, it's, yeah. it's revealed that Amarillo, and what is her name? Amadeus Cho. <laughs> uh, Amaryllis. Am- Amarillo by morning. Yes. <laughs> Amaryllis by morning. <laughs> and Alejandro. And even the little pixie that sets Ben Grimm up with his dating profile. Mm-hmm. Don't know why that. How that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. They're all death. Well, they can all be a thing in the thing. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's death. Playing playing romantic games with Ben Grimm for some reason. And Alicia Masters. Why, why doesn't she just fuck with Thanos or something? <laughs> she's that's she's her, done fucking with yeah. Thanos. That's her favorite person to fuck with. But now you know why she likes big, hard men. Oh. Yeah, why she likes them rough, you know? Because, yeah, exactly. She's been dating Thanos for probably 2,000 years she's, or something. She's been playing Thanos. Yes. <laughs> She's been uh, what is what is the word? He's he's her backup. <laughs> <laughs> well, like she's like the bad boy that she's genuinely interested in. She's like, but I need it. I want to try a nice guy. She's like, let me try this. <laughs> yeah. I think she's like Thanos is simping a little too hard for me. <laughs> yeah, like she he he's like incel. <laughs> she, she keeps him in the back pocket, like. It's her back pocket, just in yeah. case. It's her just me, in case. Tell me Thanos isn't a virgin. His children are not his own. You know, so. <laughs> Thanos is totally a virgin. He's like, I only want death. <laughs> She's so, the only girl for me. <laughs> have y'all seen um, the She-Hulk no, show? No, I haven't seen a second of it yet. So I'm just going to ruin this no, for you. No, no, don't um, do that. You can't. Stop. I haven't uh, seen don't it. Don't do it. We, <laughs> What's it called? we already she... know what you're going to spoil, and we just don't hear it. She uh, makes jokes about thinking that Steve Rogers might potentially be a virgin. Yeah, That's okay, it. I did see that. I, I heard about that. And Which I just thought was hilarious. Yeah. Spoilers. That's piece of fucking shit. I just, personally, I don't know why they made the Hulk a girl, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do we really need a girl Hulk? This, uh, this PC bullshit. I know. This PC BS bullshit. Modern times are just ruining. I've actually never used a PC. <laughs> ruining Marvel. <laughs> yeah, True. we're recording this on a Mac. It's a good call. No yeah. PC allowed. Yeah, you, even though you have three, <laughs> you have four right here. <laughs> Okay, anyway, um, so yeah, it turns out Death is playing the thing. Um, For what gains? Who knows? Who knows? And then also there's this other guy named Mott who is acting on his own, is not attached to Death. There's a lot of questions Mm -hmm. here because 
then Alicia Masters is even taken to the realm of the, uh, what is it called? The necro realm or mm-hmm. whatever. Oh, that's hot. And she, because she's alive, she has extra power extra. and she can see. And it's like, why would they put her there if she can be more powerful than them? Yeah. There? <laughs> like, well, trap her there because she's blind. <laughs> yeah. It, and then she just gives her sight immediately. The book, what happens nice. basically is the book needs to quickly wrap up. Mm-hmm. And the ending is kind of fine, but everything on the way there just looks and feels so cool <laughs> that I'm like, I don't care. It looks awesome. It that looks makes me so f- fucking cool. That it's makes like, me feel like they had a lot more ideas and yeah. a lot more things that they wanted to get going. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, somebody told them, hey, y'all are only doing six issues. Yes. And they're like, oh, fuck. Okay. And so they just had to change everything. It's kind of like the movie Avatar. It's like it looks great. I like what they're going for, but why? What? Man, <laughs> it looks great. I like what you're going for, but do you really think that like somebody like me would fuck a blue person? <laughs> so in the last issue, they because I would no the <laughs> second to last issue they reveal this character named Jo Jochabed. Yeah, that that's best Jochabed? guess for me. Yeah, dude, Jochabed jo- is what my brain went to. Yeah. Um. And we have no fucking clue why. There must have been more to this story that Walter Mosley was just like, I I only got six issues. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And so he already introduced his character and poor Tom Riley already drew her. So they were like, well, we something's got to happen. We can't leave that unresolved. And so what happens is Bobby Spector, the kid watcher, takes her out of the land of the dead and they just go off on their own merry way after that. Just uh, characters out there to be used by someone else eventually. Who no? No one will. No, but maybe. Oh man, that reminds me of um. Uh, did y'all ever? Probably not. Y'all never read those Percy Jackson books or anything, right? No. So after the Percy Jackson books, there was another set of books about other right. kids, and it was about like Roman gods mm-hmm. and how uh, the Greek gods and the Roman gods are the same. Mm-hmm but just like different personalities of the gods. And so like they're kind, so of, they're at, the same. They're kind of at war with each other. Oh. Yeah. So it depends on like who they're around or like what stage of, of I mythology. Guess, no, like what stage we are as a civilization. Oh. You know, um, like when we become, when humans become more, I guess, warmongering and uh, militaristic then the roman aspects take over more oh. or stuff like that um so greek are like the thinking man gods basically and like more roman innovation like the, and stuff like that the I think. primal like yeah like, let's fuck, like the conquerors let's conquer this shit. Yeah. yeah um but there's a character and uh, i think i want to say her name is hazel mm-hmm. and Iris. Um, Iris, I was just naming oh. like, <laughs> generically. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> young adult. But she's um, I I think she's like thirteen, fourteen years old. She's like a black girl from Mississippi, mm-hmm. but she dies in Alaska, and uh-huh. then she she ends up being the daughter of Hades, and like seventy years later, she gets brought back to life, and that's like she's just one of the characters in the book, and that. Jokerbed. Jokerbed. Yeah. I just felt like they were going to do 
something maybe like something that. like that you know because yeah bring her back to life and then have a full story with her and maybe she got superpowers like yeah it it definitely seemed like they they were setting up more mm-hmm. to the for this to go on with. so what do you think happened they were like, um, I think maybe w- uh, you're not meant for comic book writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the book didn't sell well. Yeah. And then I think Walter Mosley was told, you get six. If it does good, you'll get 12. And I think he didn't know how to squash and stretch. And so when he was hoping for 12, he was writing for 12. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And so when they told him, like, oh, no, it's only going to be six, he was like, well... I kind of I need to either go back on these scripts, but Tom Riley's probably already drawn them, so I don't know. They whoopsie, yeah. Regardless, regardless, the book looks great. Silver Surfer shows up to take away the champion of the universe. Looks fucking sick when he shows up. He's drawn in like there's no outline on him. Yeah, he's drawn in white on top of the pink background. He feels like he's glowing. (laughs) It looks so fucking sick, dude. It's such a good looking book. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It it implies a lot of stuff cosmo like with the cosmology of of the Marvel universe, but mm-hmm. then doesn't get to play with any of that. And then even the Doctor Doom stuff, like Walter Mosley obviously knows his mythology, yeah. Marvel mythology, because he plays with the idea that from fucking uh, Torment, whatever that fucking book is called, where Doctor Strange and and Doctor Doom go to try and save Doctor Doom's mom. Oh yeah, and then can't do it because he literally brought that back yeah, yeah i the the self the the references that walter mosley is able to impact in this book is also sick because the thing was the one who defeated the the uh what is his name the i i just said oh the champion of the yeah. universe he he beat him in a wrestling match <laughs> true and so like just the way that walter mosley is able to do all this stuff in this book is really neat and nice but it just didn't go anywhere because yeah. there's like there's the underground world where all those people are living. Yeah, it's just not a, and it's just not efficient for the yeah what this book the story this one book is once again trying to tell. It feels like there's just too many other things going on, yeah. not focusing on the main story arc. The main story arc just completely falls by the wayside. Yeah, and exactly the last two issues feel like oh well, actually this is what's been happening this whole time. Here yeah. you go, you know, and so it's kind of like but the why of a lot of it is not there, you know. Yeah. But exactly, I really think. Uh, Riley and Belair need to work on like a thousand more projects because it's really it's a huge chunk in their art that makes it so engaging to look at but you're right I mean there's so many beautiful easter eggs this book is basically nothing but easter eggs it's like we're fucking egg hunting in fucking March you know yeah because it's all these little intricate bits that make it awesome because who's even running the underground world it was even was it lamplighter guy and he dies just spontaneously on the spot (laughs) And then it's never referenced again. Yeah. He's like, you can't leave. Uh, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess we can leave now. <laughs> and it's like, why did you write yourself against the wall? It must have been something that was going to pay off later, you know? Yeah. Um, so it turns out what's happening is that death is playing the thing. And he, they accidentally brought this watcher child with them. And then they end up on the blue side of the moon. And it seems that the champion of the universe was just supposed to show up there instead of the thing. And he was going to join this barrage of bad guys. Yeah. Like there's the faceless one or whatever his name is. That's right. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
and then there's Terax, and then there's uh, Berserker. We never, yeah, they're like, we've never even seen this guy. And he's like, Berserker. <laughs> yeah, the thing didn't know him because he's a Avengers bad guy. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and so the champion of the universe was probably supposed to end up there because Doom was going to war against the necro mm-hmm. realm or whatever so he's basically building an army of not our living people or unkillable people to yes. go battle death itself is exactly and badass. so he he builds a bunch of see that sounds badass yeah and it looks badass <laughs> but they don't say any of this stuff outright until like the ending where dr yeah. jim's like oh yeah i built all these unkillable robots to fight the underworld or whatever you know what i mean they look like uh genesect from pokemon and then so the that's robots. cool. But yeah. that is a good question. Is it like Mephisto's underworld that all of this is no. going on? And so this there's is different a, levels of hell. Yeah. So this is mm-hmm. death runs a different realm. But Mephisto has dead people mm-hmm. running around his area, doesn't he? Does mm-hmm. death just like lease those out to him or something? Like you think she'd be responsible think, for all death, you know? I think he has to trick some people into going to his world. Yeah. It's like if they've signed a contract, then you end up in his place. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's one of Mephisto's. You and, know? and then she just gets... Everything else. Everything yeah. else. <laughs> Everything else. So it's like it's like, oh well these this third of the population they make deals with demons yeah. and yeah. everybody else just dies like a normal person, so they come to me. Yes, exactly. You know? It's like, um, I have a ticket to Valhalla. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, fuck. Yeah, you go to Valhalla. You, go, you, guess, you right get to go now. to Valhalla. Yeah. Well, I guess if you have a religion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this being fucking Charon's fucking job. It's like determining where you yeah. go. He's yeah. just like, all right, well, this is a ticket to Valhalla, but this does not look real. You do not look Asgardian. <laughs> it's like one of those barkers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, um, so I was thinking about it, like, actually earlier today. Um, when I was playing Contest of Champions, mm-hmm. when uh, Red like Red Suit original Magneto defeated my Doctor Doom, like can Magneto defeat Doctor Doom? And then I was like, well, maybe he could just like squish him with his armor. Then I looked. Then I was like, but Doctor Doom's armor is made out of, out of like titanium, which isn't very magnetic. Oh, usually not magnetic, but it's a t- titanium alloy, so it could have other metals in it mm-hmm. that are magnetic. And I just came to the conclusion that the game cheats because <laughs> there's no way Doctor Doom would be beat by Magneto. So I think he has like repulsor fields or some dumb mm-hmm. shit where it's like, um, as long as I'm behind this, you know, force field that's on top of my armor, you can't control it with your magnetism or whatever. Though they- he's also magic. Yeah. True. So I yeah. mean, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, but Magneto also- puts on a hat and makes Professor X useless. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> True. Um, but also, I don't think they've ever really bouted before. Mm-hmm. They've never really been. Because, right, I mean, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Even though I feel like, for the most part, Magneto could probably just, like, squeeze his fist and, like, he, he would just be, like, tomato sauce. In there. They're also always <laughs> weakening Magneto for, yeah. s- for story Because purposes. he's so overpowered in that regard. So writers oftentimes will have to be like, He's yeah. five billion years Mag- old now. Magneto's <laughs> really sick and tired right now, so he yeah. can't help the team. Mm-hmm. Out he there. doesn't have full power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Doctor Doom ends up going to the underworld. I swear to God, this other guy Mott, who looks sick as hell, and oh. is like a death stand-in. Yeah, seems like he's against death. Yeah, because he he goes to that one guy. And makes him his champion by giving him that light necklace or yeah, whatever. In and, the first issue. Yeah. And that guy is trying to kidnap Amerilis 
Who is death. Who is death. And so it's like, what is happening? Or that could all just be death playing a big game where it's like, pretend to kidnap me because then he's going to champion and save me and that's going to give me the end, you know? So that actually, now now that you said all that, that made me put all that together in a way that I hadn't already in my brain. Where it's all just a big fucking game because she wants to date Big Rock Man for a week or something. I really don't understand Death's motivation. she was going to make him like a cool magma champion or something. I don't know. But that we sounds get, badass. But we it get this fucking just god tier oh, page I in know. the final fucking That's issue, cool which is just tell me what's even going on. He puts the he puts on the the helmet that was in on the blue side of the moon, yeah. and it gives him the vision of all of Marvel cosmology. We yeah. see eternity. We see the living tribunal. We see uh, the Watcher. We see ego, annihilus, death. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> so these aren't the what do they call the like. The collector and oh no, they're not the eternal. They're not. What are those called? They're called um, elders. The elders. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously eternity and but an ego is an elder, isn't he? He is um, kind of. What are the? They're celestial. He's a celestial, but he's a different version of a celestial. Because yeah, there's the the celestials. You know, I don't know. That guy's fucking trippy. It's like a fucking... I've definitely seen him before, and I should know his name. <laughs> it looks like the Hulk, but he has Swamp Thing beard, and yes. then it's just an eyeball on the side of his yeah, fucking head. Of he looks beard, badass. It's a big-ass eyeball. Oh, he yeah. looks like the the guy from um, the Jack Sparrow movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a uh, fucking uh, Davy Jones. Jones. Yeah. But I fucking love this shit. Would you guys give yeah. Davy Jones a kiss? Yeah, for Would sure. Would you kiss him in his locker, though? No, I'll kiss him by his locker. He can hang up a picture of me in his locker. A little pretentious, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, if he's willing to kiss me, I think he wants to hang up pictures of me, doesn't he? Let's just pretend you're right, pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was pretending that he had that big tentacle beard on. Exactly. <laughs> CGI. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the thing. Yeah. I mean, it it is a fun read. To yeah. be able to basically look at and be like, oh, look, there's Silver Surfer. Oh, look, yeah. there's Doctor Doom, you know? But I really think this, it could have, you like, the the main structure of the story could have used a little bit more. And I yeah. think that's, I could understand that's why me, people had a hard time wanting to get into this book as it was maybe coming out. But it's still a character I love. Yeah. Um, it's someone, it, I was really excited to read this book because it was a ben, you know, about Ben Grimm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I would, a couple of years from now, even reread this book. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun, but you kind of have to know a good amount of Marvel mythology to really want to read this. Definitely. Um, but it looks fantastic. That's a good call. This was a comic made for comic heads. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. Um, and Mr. Fantastic looks cool as fuck mm-hmm. in it, too. I love the way Tom Riley draws Mr. Fantastic in it. Um, he looks great. I, which is, I think, the only other member of the Fantastic Four that gets to be drawn by Tom Riley in the book. Regardless. Regardless. Good looking book. A lot of fun. It's only six issues. Read it if you can get your hands on it. Yeah, for sure. You're going to have some pages. You're going to be like, well, that looks dope. Yeah, for sure. For Read sure. it if you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had a question. This has nothing to do with comics. Okay. I had a question. Is there like um, any like type of food or something that y'all don't like? I mean, huh. Are we um, avocado? Like just in general, avocado. I just don't like avocado. I don't like olives. Olives. I, I can't do olives. Man. So like, if if aliens came down mm-hmm. and then they were like, for Kenny, avocado, but for you, olives. Like okay. they're like, 
you have can to we eat. swap them real quick real quick hey real quick can we swap them no yeah, i get the olives. oh you want like something worse no i want the avocado and you can have the olive because no. i don't like because i don't like olives See, well, we're, hold we're, on we're hold good, on we're good friends like that that's, yes yeah. but y'all can't swap them they These try are two to give... different scenarios okay no no, no, no. you're the only one <laughs> so i never met kenny yeah, you've never met kenny oh, the oh alien... i don't like this reality so in your reality <laughs> the aliens come to you uh in his reality the aliens come to him and for some reason i don't know ian now did they make me forget? Y'all know, y'all know each other. <laughs> y'all know each other, but it's just parallel universes, okay? okay. We're just getting hung up on yeah, the wrong yeah. details. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So, here, let me start with you, okay? Uh, with <laughs> okay. Ian. So, Ian, you get avocado. <laughs> so, it, what if they told you, like, like you have to eat this jar of olives uh-huh. to save the whole human race? Would you do it? Oh yeah, for sure. Would it? What if it's like two jars? Yes. So, like three jars? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, unless it's a number of amount of jars so then, that would kill me. So, here, here comes my, my real question. Okay, then. yes. How many jars would it take for you to let all of human civilization die? I would eat, I would eat a countless amount until I died to save the human race. So, like, so if they're like, you got to eat fucking 10 cans a day for every day for the rest of your life um and humans will be fine for like the next hundred years oh only a (laughs) hundred yeah what would you do i mean i'd i'd eat them i'd live a happy life i'd eat them up until a point and then be like all right i'm good then 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 everybody could die so you'd give us like another 10 years yeah Yeah. well you'd get another hundred regardless right no uh uh Oh, yeah, so if I eat them until I die, no. yeah. then it's an uh, an additional hundred on top of my death, like however long I was eating them for. Well, yeah, until you die, but and you then have a hundred years. You have to eat them every day until you die. So if you just but then stop humanity gets a hundred years after that. Yeah, would I be able to tell anybody this? Yeah, sure. Why not? They're not going to believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like in a hundred years, they're just going to make some other somebody else eat exactly whatever they don't like. <laughs> Okay, in a hundred years, they're gonna go to Kenny and be like, "You have to eat avocados. How many avocados to let this human just, civilization does it just well, have to be you, raw avocado, or like, can I can I make guac? Like, yeah, what are my options with the avocado? Just, you, you said know? avocado, man. They know you don't like avocados, so you just have to eat avocado. So I can do whatever I want with the avocado. Though. I, I mean, I guess like. if you you get some chips, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. can I mix the olives in with other? Yeah, shit? that's what I'm saying. You don't just gotta eat whole olives. I'll and be that's a it. drunk <laughs> and just drink martinis. <laughs> <all> exactly. <laughs> So you you would com- drastically change it. What if it was like hot dogs? I imagine I you, you just. Oh, I know you're a vegetarian. Huh. Okay, yeah. What if what if they're like you have to eat a hot dog every day for the rest of your life? Okay, it's so literally dog. R- oh, <laughs> if it was eat a dog every day, I would say nope. Sorry, everyone dies. <laughs> what if, if it was this just, is what it comes to? We don't deserve to live. What if it was just one bite of dog. It was just like a little like a little nugget. Yeah, of dog you, every day. So but is to, a dog alive? How are they getting the meat? Well, yeah, it's like still water. Well, yeah, cutting, it's cutting. No. <laughs> Little chunks of a dog. It's, it's an alien dog. <laughs> it's well, an alien dog. No, it's sorry. It's an alien experiment on a dog. So I mean, oh. they can keep it alive. I don't like it. I I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's because like honestly, <laughs> when I started talking about hot dogs, you were just like, oh fuck that. <laughs> that like no. that, that that sounded like worse than olives to you. No, I love hot dogs. Yeah. I'll I'd, eat a hot dog every day. I'll eat you would fifty yes. hot dogs every day. That's too many. No. Well, the <laughs> aliens are doing so, it to me. So if I had a hot dog every day, my life would probably be 10 years shorter. <laughs> For sure. 
For sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when your, li- when your life is... <laughs> when That's a lot life. of time off, but that and that makes sense. <laughs> a hot dog every day equals 10 years off your life. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> it's like the reverse effect of an apple. <laughs> yeah. So if you eat an apple and a hot dog, do they just counter out yeah. each other? You just, you just, you just exactly. don't get any days. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to live what you were supposed to live if you eat a hot dog and an apple every day. Uh, <laughs> both foods I love. Yeah. These are good jokes. These are these jokes are too good and too bad to be at the end of this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, rate and review us wherever you guys get podcasts. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram. I'm going to start using the Instagram again. So do that. Uh, and um, go ahead and eat, eat some fucking olives to keep us alive. Yeah, yes. you know, keep fucking that chicken. <laughs> I need Whatever. that button. Yeah. I need to get the keep fucking. Uh, I, it's, that's what I'm here for. Uh, you know? uh, and keep peanut, uh, peanut buttering that baby. Keep peanut buttering that baby. Whoa, this just got <laughs> explosive. All right, yeah. well, thank you guys so much. And we'll uh, see y'all then. Or we will see y'all another time. Bye, guys. Bye, you rascals. Bye. doing this again.